0: Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick
1: off your week with Matt. Hey everybody, welcome to Monday. It's Mondays with Matt. Thanks for hanging out with us as we talk investing, finance, and retirement here on the podcast with Matt Starkey. And this week, it's spotting red flags in your retirement. We're gonna kind of play a game, so to speak. So I'm gonna to toss out some things here to Matt. Of course, I want you folks listening to answer this for yourself and see if you can answer these. If you can't, well, that might be a red flag. So, Matt, what's going on, my friend? How you doing?
0: Hi, Mark. I'm doing well. It's um, beginning of September here, and uh, we are just—I'm getting kind of pumped up here for college football to start off. Um, Foosball. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit different this season, thankfully. Uh it looks like um we're headed into some more uh, I guess a little bit more normalcy back to a little bit n- Well, we'll more see, don't normal. jinx so, it.
1: You know, Hey, cross- we'll
0: we'll see how the season's uh, right. go, but I like college. That's a changing landscape too, but I think a lot of the reasons I like it is because the kids play with heart and you know, they're they're still finding out who they are and uh you know, they're not I want to say tainted by all the money. Well, they're but, making money now since but they now But now like yeah, <laughs> yeah they're make, they're able to make they're money. They're able to make money now that ruling changed, so yeah. So, so we're we'll see how the seasons go, but I think uh a lot of it is is hard work and yeah. I like, I like I agree. to watch that. So. Yeah, I
1: agree. And and to your point, this is uh this is basically a kind of our Labor Day podcast. Uh we're taping this a few days beforehand, so you might catch this uh probably actually I think we'll drop it on Labor Day, so uh, but either way, you'll probably catch it sometime around there. So we hope you had a good Labor Day uh, holiday. If you uh, if you're catching this, so enjoy yourself, be safe and sane, all that good kind of stuff. So
0: let's and talk. A big about- shout out! A big shout out before we get started yeah, yeah. to the uh, the American soldier and and uh, you know we we recently experienced some some losses. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and we don't want to get go anywhere. That's a slippery slope. But, yeah, but we're we're thankful for the days that we can celebrate uh, in our country holidays, and um, and we, we we give a lot of Uh, respect and honor to those soldiers that have gone before us and served. So if you're listening today and you're a veteran, thank you very much. And uh, thank you to those that have lost their life to keep us free. So
1: yeah, makes a lot of times makes these holidays possible. So um, absolutely. I agree with you. My daughter's in the Navy, so I am right there with you. Uh, So let's do, uh, let's do these red flags. Let's talk about a couple things. Okay. So folks out there listening, can you name all of the investments in your portfolio? Matt, should somebody be able to do that? What's the pros and cons of this? Uh, do you think someone should be able to name all the stuff in their portfolio?
0: <laughs> well, absolutely. Um, <laughs> n- n- no, right, um, exactly. very, very likely. If you can name all the investments in your portfolio, uh-huh. you probably don't have a diversification. um right, like, right. like you should.
1: <laughs> yeah, if if um, like I've got three things, then that's probably not as diversified as maybe you should be, right?
0: Dude, I own uh, Apple and I own Tesla. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you want to you want to be careful uh, about under diversifying the portfolio because if you if you can name two or three that are make up a huge chunk of your portfolio, there's a good chance you're going to see some big red, <laughs> some <laughs> big old flags, on your right? Statement. Yeah, yeah. So that if you can name pretty much all of your investments, um, a lot of times be wary because um, you may or may not be diversified to the degree where you you're experiencing some of the mm-hmm. downside protection of, of what diversification offers.
1: Well, I'm at the opposite side of that is if you have a really complex portfolio and you can name it all, uh, are you spending too much time thinking about it? Like I'm, I know that might sound weird, but isn't yeah. that kind of the point of having an advisor or working with someone is so that you can when you get to retirement, like what's your time value worth? Like, I don't know that I would want to, of course I want to know the, the workings of my retirement plan, right? Of course I want to know and understand yep. what I've got. I want to have a good working knowledge of it, but I don't think I want to know the minutiae so much to where I'm like obsessed over it.
0: Right. That's a good point, Mark, um, that you bring up is like, uh, yeah, if you do, if you have a well-diversified mix and you can name every single piece of that, um, you know, if you're working with us, that's, you spend a, little, a good deal of time, probably too much time in the memorization stage. What you do want right. to pay attention to is you want to make sure, you know, science shows us and studies done on portfolios show us that 91.5% of your entire rate of return of your portfolio is going to come from asset allocation. What that means is the different asset categories or asset classes that you own make up the biggest part of where you're going to get your returns. So, if that's still confusing, I always tell people think back to to school, high school, and you had seven or eight different classes, right? You got math, and you've got science, and you've got uh, grammar, and you've got on and on and on. Okay, you got about six or seven different subjects: social studies, and gym, and history. So you got those all give you a well rounded education. Think of your investments like that. So um, you need to make sure the major asset classes are there in your portfolio and. It is your responsibility to make sure your portfolio is invested correctly and to have a, a bit of an understanding. But that's why people use a financial advisor typically is that we're going to make sure that those bases are covered in your mix. Mm-hmm. So, and then in the second biggest factor of return, your overall long-term return is the actual stock selection or mutual fund or exchange traded fund, whatever you own within the asset class. So for example, if I have, if I have math as a subject... You know, I'm going to have a textbook that's called geometry. I'm going to have one that's called algebra. I'm going to have one that's basic math. Just like that with your portfolio, you're going to have large growth stocks. So one of those might be blue chip growth. One of those funds that you might own is the S&P 500, which is large US growth. And then you might want some international, Europe, Australia, the Far East uh, investments in large companies. So they naming can get all compl- the investments in your complex, portfolio, yeah, yeah, it gets real. It can be really complex, and like you said, that's why a lot of you uh, use a financial advisor. We're knowing and we're monitoring all that, mm-hmm. and uh, so chances are, if you only own one or two things in your portfolio, yeah, get a yeah. get a checkup. Have us do a portfolio analysis for you.
1: Yeah, it might be an oversimplification, but I love using this analogy. It's like you know, we all know how a car works but it doesn't mean I want to know how to take a, a combustion engine apartment uh, apart and then put it back together. Right. Right. Not everybody <laughs> right. wants to do that. Right. Some people love to do that and that's totally cool. Uh, but yep. for the most part, but we all know basically how they work. You know, you got to put gas and oil in them and so on and so forth. And we know how to drive the car. Right. So,
0: or, or you can plug it in or, now. oil,
1: or, well, that's true. You can plug it in too. So I don't yep. know how I feel about that just yet, but we'll see. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, that's, that's the first one on the red flag. So can you name all the investments in your portfolio? If you can, you know, think about that. There could be some pros and cons of that. You might be uh, too obsessed or maybe not diversified enough. All right. Number two, spotting a red flag here. How often do you meet with your financial advisor? If the answer is next to never, that's probably a red flag. So what's a good number here, Matt?
0: Well, you know, I like to meet with clients at least annually. Um, not everybody wants to meet that often, though. Um, But here's why you should do it. Does life change or does it stay the same?
1: Exactly. Great point.
0: Yeah. So there's changes. A lot of times, those changes are in our income. You might change jobs. You might have a death in the family, and now I need to update my beneficiaries. You might have a birth in the family. Now I need to name an additional beneficiary or person that would be in charge. Life happens and lots of things can happen divorce, all that stuff. So we want to meet with you at least annually, typically. And that helps us to maintain the pulse on on your life, because mm-hmm. um, you're you know if you, I don't work with just one client, I have lots of clients, and so I like to keep in touch with them. But also, you know, those meetings, you know, I do events too where we'll do a lunch and learn, and so you can come out and and we see you, and it may That's not a be a formal too. meeting, but right. even just uh, getting to see one another and touch talk and, and see and, yeah. how things are going. Touch base, mm-hmm. yep how are the kids? How are the grandkids? Uh, Anything changed in your, you know, or if you're getting close to retirement, you know, we need to start, Looking at uh, things that make sense for your financial situation and and assess your income needs. So yeah, I agree, man.
1: And and I think sometimes we got to put the onus on ourselves too, as the client, right? Like yes, yep. as the advisor, you know, we should definitely be meeting with the advisor at least once a year. But as you mentioned, when life changes, take you know, take it upon yourself to to reach out to your advisor and say, hey, I need to talk. Can can we go ahead and schedule something? You know, I know it's not our yes. normal meeting, but uh, some things have changed or I've got some questions I'd like to get on the books. There, you know, do that that's that's why you have that relationship
0: exactly and you know i want my clients to know that i'm here for them too you know i mm-hmm. i'm here so that any question that you have you know if you are wondering about it you know definitely give a call or shoot shoot me an email with a question i'd rather answer that question than to have you sitting there nervous about something in your financial situation or make a mistake. And then after
1: the fact, go, well, here's what I did. Right. And it's like, well, why didn't you call me?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and it makes total sense to, um, run it by us. You know, I want to be that sounding board for clients and, and, um, you know, Hey, I need an opinion. You know, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm too close to the situation. Maybe it's your college kids in college and you're wondering how much you should, you know, contribute to their right. Yeah, you yeah. know th- that whole situation, or it could be a you know other family issues. So yeah, we can we can kind of assess that. We're a disinterested third party, and sometimes the advice that we're able to offer gives people the relief that they need or the peace of mind that they need. So yeah, um definitely never fail to uh, reach out, and th- and that's why I give clients my cell phone. I say if it's you're thinking about it, you know definitely give me a call because that's what I'm here for and. And uh, I want to be able to help clarify that if yeah, if that's well, and, and again,
1: that's why we have a relationship. I mean, you if you're just going to do the thing with a stone cold situation, then you could do the robovisor thing, you know. So you're working with a professional to have that relationship, and of course, you know that you've got tons of clients, and you know you can't stop everything you're doing for each person, but you can take those calls or you can take those emails, find out the information, dig into it, get back, help them through it, you know, all of that kind of stuff in a reasonable you know time frame. So. Just yeah. bear that and in that, mind. Go that's ahead.
0: part of the relationship and you're right, you know, it, it, and if something happens in your life like you lose a spouse, you know, oh, like, you, yeah, w- cool. you might need two or three meetings in a short period of time, you exactly. know, yeah. and that's we're, we're here for that. And you know, because the average person, I mean, we're not that busy with everybody all the time and um that's how you know, but, but when you need us, that's what we we want to make ourselves available. So exactly. yeah, definitely uh Once a year is good, and if you need us more frequently, we're available. There you go. All
1: right. Let's keep moving along here. Spotting red flag number three, uh, are your account balances constantly moving up and down? This one, Matt, is a little bit older, but I thought it was worthwhile bringing up because for the last, look, let's just say 20 years. Let's just say the 2000s, right? The S&P looks like a heart monitor, right? It's pinging all over the place. So (laughs) your account balances are going to be up and down, and if you feel like that's a red flag, then maybe the conversation you should be having is about your risk tolerance.
0: This is true. Yep. Um, The market's going to go up and it's going to go down. So if you uh, have a problem with that, then we need to talk. You know, how much up and down is the big factor? How much sleep can I, you know, or how much risk can I take without losing sleep at night? You see, most people love the upside volatility of the market. Sure. But (laughs) Just like roller coasters, I love going up the hill, and <laughs> but when it comes to going down that first hill, it is scary. <laughs> it might make your heart pitter patter a little harder and so, if your statement you know if your if your account balances are constantly moving up and down, and you haven't addressed that in your portfolio, then we need to talk most clients, however, as you're nearing retirement, you physically feel more conservative you you don't need to go and kill it anymore. And you say, "Hey, I've, I've earned what I want to earn in the market, and I just can't handle the volatility anymore." That's okay. What I normally, a rule of investing that I have is um, most clients, most, we should own equities for life. You know, so some part of our portfolio is will likely have that up and down, and that the reason is because we've talked about this before. We want to outpace inflation, or if you have everything in fixed. There's a very good chance that you, you uh, unless you have plenty of money, there's a very good chance that you could outlive your investment. So if the balances are constantly moving up and down, chances are you're probably looking at the, the stock market too frequently. And um, we need to make you know the next five years and next 10 years nice, safe, and secure for you so that you're not paying so much attention yep. to the market money for down the road.
1: Yeah, so it's got to be that risk conversation, if because again the the time frame that we're in, uh, where our society is, we're going to continue to have some extreme volatilities, I think, for the several years to come. So you've got to you know to be honest with yourself about what you can handle and what you can't, and that's where your advisor again comes in. So that could be a red flag for you. Another place that, to think about this, Matt, is and can you answer this question: How much income will you need to maintain your lifestyle in retirement? So if, again, folks, if you're playing along with us, and you should be. Uh, ask yourself that. Do you know what the number is that you need right now off the top of your head to maintain your lifestyle in retirement? Matt, if they don't know that,
0: is that a red flag? That could be a red flag. (laughs) I mean, maybe not
1: to the penny, right? But you should have a good, at least a ballpark.
0: You should. And in the old rule of thumb, when I started in the business, it was, you're going to need 80% to 90% of your current income while you're working to live in retirement. But what we found over the last 20 years is that people are not necessarily decreasing their standard of living a whole lot. In fact, a lot of them are spending more in in retirement, at least in the initial years, than they were while they're working. So they're spending as much or more. So figure on income-wise, you're going to need maybe close to 100% of what you're currently earning in the n- immediate part of your retirement. And I think that's probably not a bad not a bad number to use is just take 100% of what we're making and then how much to maintain that lifestyle so let's multiply that by if we plan to live 25 30 years in retirement you know we talked about a rule of thumb just multiply your income times 25 years and we should count on needing that much but if you don't know this number if you've never even thought about how much am I going to need like you said Mark definitely give us a call we should be thinking about this number and, uh, lifestyle is important for a lot of mm-hmm. folks. Yeah. You know, my goal is to make it better. My goal is to make it more abundant. Um, I'm a full believer that we can live. And if we have purpose behind our money and we have a good control on our expenses, we can all live better. We can all live on what we call an abundant lifestyle and we can do it sometimes fairly conservatively.
1: Yeah. I mean, and again, you know, not to the T, you know, per se to the penny, but you know, if you, if it's. a month right now that you've got in expenditures and you're getting ready to go into retirement, then, you know, you should realize or know that, you know, okay, I'm going to need at least $5,000 to maintain. Right. So you need to have a a, a decent working knowledge of that. Otherwise it could definitely be a red flag for your situation. And this will bring us to our last one here, Matt. And there's a fun little uh, rule of thumb that I'd heard a number of years ago, and it was the rule of 11. And I was like, I've never heard of that one. And so the guy says, uh, yeah, if you can't explain it to an 11-year-old, your retirement plan to an 11-year-old is too complicated. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that was yeah. kind of interesting. So if you asked someone to describe your retirement plan, someone asked you, excuse me, I should say, could you do it? Could you, you know, folks out there listening, could you explain your retirement plan if someone walked up to you and said, hey, tell me tell me about your retirement plan? I think most people could not. And if that's the case, maybe it's too complicated or maybe you don't have one.
0: That's true. Or maybe we haven't thought that much about it. <laughs> so that too. Yeah. Um, your retirement plan is really just you you know, a wise person will plan for the future. You plan ahead for things like um, unexpected expenses that could happen. You're planning for vacations that you're going to take. You're planning for grandkids that you might have that you want to spoil. You might be wanting to take family and do some special things. So you're right. I mean, if you don't have a plan, if you never thought about it, I mean, my gosh, think about why did you work all those years and save and invest money? Like, what's it for? And this is, you know, kind of seemingly like, oh, well, it's a simple question, but right. really it can get complex because a lot of people uh, I've heard it said you need something to retire to. So if you work in all your life and you're used to being busy five days a week, some people ease into retirement. They might work a couple days a week and have more days off. But a lot of times if you're a worker and you're not used to it and then you just go and sit all, all day every day <laughs> without a retirement plan, it can get um, you can feel a lot differently about your purpose and you might feel discontent being in retirement. So I like what you said. If you can explain it to an 11-year-old. Um, it's what's not retirement bad. all about? Yeah, then 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 that's fantastic. You
1: know, I mean, it could be an oversimplification, you know, to say an eleven-year-old, but I thought it was a fun little rule of thumb to kind of say, right? Because a lot of times, Matt, when you, yeah, I think we have this image in our head that you're going to go get a retirement plan and it's going to be like this war and peace, right? It's going to be like this three hundred page you know, <laughs> mega thing and you know, advisors have gotten better, I think, at trying to bring this down to something understandable. You know, keep it simple, you know, is a great way of yeah. thinking about this kind of stuff. There's yes, there's some complication thing complicated things going on in the background, of course, and you guys are working your magic. But at the end of the day, I think for most of us, most of us lay folks, if you will, right, we want something we can understand, we can comprehend it, and we can explain it simply to our significant other or to our family or to our kids so that they know we everybody knows what's going on.
0: Yep, and you know the thing that I like um, about setting a plan is really it's written goals for what do we want to do. I mean, if you're a husband and wife going into retirement, um, do you ha- have you planned what you want to do together? Mm-hmm. Um, what's on your bucket list? What have you always wanted to do that you never thought you could afford to do or never had the the vacation time to take off of work and do? You know, those should be some of the the first things you're planning. Is to you know experiences are going to be those things you'll never forget, and if you can in, involve those that you love with with your experience, um, you're there giving you them great memories. So mm-hmm. if you if you have saved up all this money and you're afraid to travel, my gosh, you know, enjoy sitting on the front porch and sitting on a bunch of money. But if you can afford, hey, to, if that's your
1: ideal retirement, go for it.
0: Exactly, yeah, that's true. Um, but if you can afford to do some of those things, you know, the last thing we want to do is walk through life and have regret. Yeah. Um, and i think if you can expound on relationships and the impact or the influence you could have on the younger generation you know those are important things to to be investing time with is and i guess that's how i'm geared you know i i want to have those those special moments in those times because think back to when you work at mark i mean did did you or did you not you know spend time with family or go to the cottage or take a vacation that just you you've never forgotten that
1: yeah exactly no nope. nope. that's that's making memories man
0: yep so my advice is create a plan if you don't have a retirement plan a list of things to do you know do that um, and then the first place of course as my is my financial advisor side takes over is start with your cash flow what's your monthly cash flow and then you, then we're gonna draft a plan of wishes desires those things that we want to do if we couldn't that we never thought we could do, or if we could afford it, what we would like to do.
1: Exactly. There you go. So that's some places for some red flags, folks. How did you do? Did you play along with us? Could you answer some of these? Could you not? Uh, If that is the case, then you may have some red flags. And that's okay. So as long as you take a little action about it, And what you can do for that is reach out to Matt and the team if you've got some questions. If you're already working with him, then you probably don't have too many of these red flags popping up. But if one did, let him know. That was part of the conversation as well. Make sure we're taking it on ourselves to reach out to our advisors and say, hey, I'm concerned about this, that, or the other. You can always talk with Matt and find him by simply going to the website at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. There's a lot of good tools, tips, and resources there at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. And you can click on the podcast page to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you use. That way you catch new episodes of Mondays with Matt when they come out. And of course, if you have some pressing questions, always reach out by calling 989-401-2949 before you take any action. Matt, thanks for hanging out with me, my friend. I'm going to let you get out of here so we don't go too long, but to hope you have a great holiday week and we'll talk in mid-September.
0: Sounds good, Mark. Thanks for listening, everyone. And, uh, Remember to give us a call, uh, keep in touch, and uh, if you found any of those red flags, like Mark said, um, let's talk about
1: them. All right. 989-401-2949. It's Mondays with Matt. We'll see you next time.